theme song, isn't it? Amen. Sweet spirit. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number three. Again, our children, our young people, I will invite you to turn there too. Mark chapter number three. Let's begin reading at verse number 31. Mark chapter number three and verse number 31 tonight. Uh, just re- re- review, last Sunday night we dealt with the uh, blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And Jesus has been confronted several times at this point uh, with, by the Pharisees, the scribes, and uh, lawyers. And they're trying to disrupt his mission and his work. And we have discussed and preached about these in length. And we'll begin here verse number... Verse number 31. If you're there, say amen. 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 This is another paragraph. In my Bible, there's a paragraph symbol at verse 31. Uh, A paragraph is a new new chapter. You can think of it that way. Um, The scene has changed. Think of it that way. So in verse number 31, There came then his brethren and his mother standing without to see him calling him. So Jesus' mom and siblings are standing out wanting to see Jesus. Verse number 32, And the multitude said about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And he answered them, verse 33, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about them which sat about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. Thank you, Lord, for the Christmas practice, Christmas play practice that our young people participated in. God, I pray that they will realize that they are doing the work of God. Lord, that they are telling the story of the gospel at Christmas time. And I hope, Lord, that, that whatever they do... They do it with all their might for you. Lord, I pray that they would begin to realize that they're not just playing a skit. But Lord, they are portraying the greatest story that's ever been told. And I pray, Lord, you'd bless them for it. And they could realize the significance of what they're doing. And Lord, I pray we as parents uh, that we can press upon them, Lord, that they are doing something so good and so important. And I know, Lord, that you're pleased with them and help them to see this. Bless your church, bless your word tonight. Lord, we love you, we praise you tonight, we thank you. In your name, Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Now, I think that you, that verse, verse number 21 of the same chapter, where it says, And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said he is beside himself. That Jesus' friends are worried that he's losing his mind. They're, they're, they think there's something wrong with him. I think verse 21 is connected to verse number 31. And so I think that's why Jesus' family is there to talk with Jesus. So he's beside himself, they're saying. There's something wrong with your son, Mary. Jesus' brothers, there's something wrong with your brother. He's causing all kinds of trouble. You need to come and deal with him. I think verse 31 is connected to verse 21. And that's why I believe that Jesus' brethren, his brothers, possibly his sisters too, because he references sister in verse 35. 
And maybe they, they, they encourage Mary to come along because I believe she fully understands what Jesus is doing. But I think they're coming to Jesus to come and talk to him about, are you sure you know what you're doing? Or do you know the kind of trouble that you're stirring up? Do you know what's going to happen, what you're going to bring upon your family, etc., etc.? You can imagine being related to Jesus at the time when the Pharisees, the scribes, and the lawyers are starting to turn on Jesus. They're really, Jesus is really becoming a lightning rod to the nation at this point. So, and not in a good way. To the people, the common people, yeah. But to the authorities, the religious leaders of the time, Jesus is becoming a problem for them. And so I think verse 31 is, a, is, is in response to that, that, that emotion, that spirit of that time, that they're wanting to talk with Jesus. And you'll notice even in your own life that you'll rarely find people, especially close family and friends, really encouraging you to radically follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find that be rare in your life. They'll, they'll start worrying about you. They'll start saying that you are, a re- or thinking you are a religious fanatic. I mean, does, does God really want that from you? Are you really know what you're doing? You are becoming far out there. The world wants us to stay like the world. The world wants us to act like the world and behave like the world and talk like the world. And especially if you start following Jesus scripturally, you're going to find there's going to be few people in your life that are cheering your own. Yeah, go on and deny yourself. Don't follow the crowd. You're, you won't find many people like that. And so Jesus, I believe his family is gathering together and be like, hey, do you realize who you are, what you're doing, and the trouble you're causing? And I think that because it seems that what Jesus said in verses 33 through 35 it is somewhat of a mild rebuke to them. That, that he is saying that my family are the people who do the will of God. And so that leads us to a, an important question here. This actually is a big doctrinal issue about the Lord Jesus Christ. That there'll be some family resemblance to people who really know Jesus as their Savior. That people who know Jesus will behave in a way that reflects that they have faith in Jesus Christ. And it won't be put on either. It'll be because they are born of His Spirit, they are born from above, and they follow Jesus, that God, through faith, by grace, has supernaturally birthed them into the family of God, and that there will be a family resemblance between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've joked with you before, and I joke with my family, one day I remember it hit me, when you get older this happens to you, that you're at a family gathering and you're there at Thanksgiving or Christmas, for example, and you realize it hit me that I am like these people, that I behave like my, my family does, that even the good and the bad, I see it now in my life, that I can't outrun my genetics, in other words, that I'm a green and this is the way the Greens and the Joneses are. And that we've mixed, we've made a cocktail, the Greens and the Joneses. And I see the Joneses and I see the Greens, every family gathering. And I realize that there is a family resemblance. There is a genetic bond between us. I see it even in my children. Sometimes I say, I think, well, that's, that must be Brittany's side. And I'm sure she's like, well, that, that's Josh's side. But really, truthfully, we see it in our family line. There is a family resemblance if you're a part of a family. If you are a part of a family, 
you will resemble, resemble excuse me, your family. That's the way that it is, isn't it? Have you noticed that about your family? All that stuff that annoys you about your family, that, you're the same way, amen? <laughs> you, are, you might think, I don't know why my mom acts like that. You act like that, you know? It isn't hit you yet. You are the exact same way. And so Jesus says in verse 33, he answers them. The multitude, they come to him and say, hey, your, your, your brothers are out there. Your mom's out there. They want to talk to you. And Jesus, like he normally does, he don't really, he don't really follow, play along according to what they want to, him to do. So in verse number 33, he says, he answered them saying, who's my mother? Who's my brethren? So who's my family? That's what he's asking. Who are my people? In verse number 34, he looked round about them, at them which said about him. He's, and he looks at everybody, and he says, here is what my family is. Here are who my family are. And he says, behold, my mother and my brethren. He said that these people are really my family. And he gives a description in verse 35. Who, this, these are the people who are a part of my family. A family resemblance. Jesus is saying that my family is this, in verse 35. Here is my family. For whosoever should do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. The family resemblance in the life, in the family of Jesus Christ is that. Whoever does the will of God, these are the people that I'm related to. This is the family resemblance. That if they are a part of my family, then what makes me and them common, what the family resemblance is, is that they do the will of God. And this is my brother and my sister and my mother. These are the people that I'm related to. So the people of God, children of God, Christian people, those who know Christ, Jesus says, this will be their mark. This is how you can know who they are. This is how you can understand them. Jesus says, here's my family. Verse 35, whosoever shall do the will of God, those people are my family. So relationship to Jesus Christ then, you think about the will of God, you think about obedience. Relationship with Jesus Christ is marked by obedience. If you know Jesus Christ, if you're really in the family, then your life will be marked by obedience to his will. Your life will look like the life of Christ. The family resemblance is clear. It is marked, Jesus said, by obedience. Turn to the book of John chapter 14, if you will. So children, young people, let's, let's try to follow along with me. John chapter number 14, and let's look at verse number 15. John 14 and verse number 15. Hey, everybody here, if I ask you, do you love Jesus? Amen, right? Yes, I love Jesus. Well, let's, let's test that, shall we? Let's let Jesus see if the words coming out of our mouth are the reality of our life. Now, remember what we learned from our text, that a relationship with Jesus is marked by what? It's marked by obedience. That is the word of God. That's letters written in red. Jesus said, this is my family. The people in my family are whosoever that does the will of God. That's what my family looks like. Now, let's, let's pause for a moment. How do you get in the family? It's not by works, is it? 
It's by faith in Jesus Christ. You are born from above, aren't you? That's how you get into the family of God. You believe on Jesus. But what happens to that person who believes on Jesus Christ? They're born from above. They're born of God. And they start what? They start acting and talking and behaving like their family, right? They start behaving like their family. They bear a family resemblance to the one that gave birth to them. And that's what Jesus is talking about. My family is marked by obedience. And so we all, we love Jesus, right? John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me like you say you do, Jesus says, you Keep my commandments. Look at verse 21 of John 14. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. It's marked by obedience. He that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him, and we will manifest, and will manifest myself to him. Verse 22, Jesus, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou, will, that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not the world? So Judas is saying, what's going to be the difference between us and them? How is, how is it going to look? How am I going to look different from the world? How are you going to show that I'm related to you and you're related to me? And Jesus said in verse 23 of John 14, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man loves me, he'll keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, Jesus said, keepeth not my sayings. So Jesus is telling Judas, here's what it's going to look like, Judas. You're going to do what I say. You're going to keep my commandments because you love me. And the distinguishing mark between you and the world is that you, your life, your Christian life, the Christian life is marked by obedience to the will of God. And Jesus saying to Judas, that's how we're going to know. That's how you are going to be set apart from the world. That your life, those, the people who know my Father in me and we make our abode in Him will be marked by a life of obedience. And that's how that it's going to be manifested that you know God and other people don't. Is your life will be marked by obedience. That is scripturally clear. Clear. Verse 24, John 14, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. Jesus says, The people who don't love me don't do what I say, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So Jesus compounds it and emphasizes it. It's not me saying this, Judas. It's not only me. It is the Father who sent me that people who know me will be marked by obedience to the will of God. That's how you're going to know the difference. Look at uh, John 15. John 15, look at verse 14. Would you, would you say, I'm a friend of Jesus? So you, now everybody's like, I don't know if I want to say it yet. <laughs> Say, we love Jesus, then Jesus says, keep my commandments. Any one of us, I believe, say, is Jesus your friend? Amen. He's my friend. Jesus says, ye are my friends in John 15, 14. If you do whatsoever I command you. 
So not only is a relationship to Jesus Christ marked by obedience to the will of God, but friendship to Jesus Christ is also marked by obedience to God. So what is Jesus saying? For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. A relationship to God is marked by an obedience to the will of God. Now what does Jesus' family look like then? So that's what I was dealing with today. Because does, does my life look like that I'm in the family of God? Because if, if, it, if you could come to the Green family this Christmas, then you would say, yeah, I see Josh kind of acts like his mom. Uh, Nathan kind of acts like his dad. Sean, we're unsure of. You know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he fits. <laughs> he fits quite well. You would, you would realize that, that that's... Really, if you, if it would be hard if you wasn't a part of the genetic bloodline, you could say, yeah, I'm, they do things different from me, that my life really doesn't lie. I wouldn't fit in so much. I know you'd make me welcome. I understand that. But there would be some genetic, just some genetic earmarks that would point to the family that you belong to. And the same is true if, if, if human blood which is tainted by the depravity of the sinful nature bears resemblance, then certainly then, if human blood has so much genetic power to, to bear family resemblance, then what would a relationship to God by being a son and a daughter of God do to someone's life? Surely there would be a family resemblance. And that's what Jesus is saying. My family are people who... Whosoever obeys the word of God, that's what they look like. And even to, the, to, to press it even further, it appears that Jesus is saying that, comparing that to his actual human family, though he's the half-brothers of his, of his siblings, you, you understand that. He, he's, he's truly the son of Mary, but he's the half-brother of his brothers because God is his father. But Jesus is even saying, really, my family is marked by obedience to the will of God. So what does it look like? What does it look like for me and you? Because I want to make sure I'm in the family, don't you? Now again, I want it to be scripturally clear that we are saved by grace alone, by faith alone in Christ our Lord, but being born of His Spirit, being born of above, changes us. Again, I say it often, and please understand it because I'm afraid we won't get it and we think we'll miss the gospel. Whoever's in Christ is a new creature. They are a new creation. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5.17, old things have passed away, all things have become new. You are a son or a daughter of God. You've been saved by amazing grace. And your life must bear witness of that, just like it did to the disciples Matthew doesn't steal people's money anymore. Paul the Apostle doesn't say, well, I still persecute the church, but I love them, and sometimes I arrange for their murder and torture, but hey, I love Jesus. Wouldn't you agree that would be inconsistent to the Christian life of the Apostle Paul if every once in a while he held the coats and stoned some disciples of Jesus? No, his life's been changed. Why? Because he met Jesus. That's what happened to Paul. So what does it look like? Here's some things. Remember, children are Christ, Christians are Christ-like. 
And children, I don't want, young people, look at me, please. I want you to know that being a Christian is being Christ-like. Because even some of your own family and friends are going to tell you that you can know Jesus Christ as Savior, but that life doesn't necessarily need to have evidence that you're a Christian. I don't know how even a person could have even... What kind of Christ is a Christ who doesn't change and save sinners? And it's completely unbiblical too. And this, surprisingly, this is an unpopular take that Jesus saves sinners. Strange. To be a Christian is Christ-like, not you-like. It's Christ-like. That, that you're born into the family of God by faith. And this new life, empowered and indwelt by God's Holy Spirit, does something to the believing sinner. And Jesus begins a lifelong work of sanctification to make them righteous in God. God he does what they can never do through the Spirit. And God changes the person's life. He does. And I want you to understand that. How do you know you're in the family of God? Well, here's some marks, some family, some family similarities. Number one, Christians love each other. John 13, 34, Jesus again says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 1 John 3.15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, the Bible says, and that you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. How do you know you've passed from death into life? How do you know you're a Christian? Because you love the brethren. God's people love each other. And anybody who says, well, I'm in the family of God, but they don't love the family of God, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. Also, God's people gather together like a family. And people who say, well, I'm a Christian, but I haven't been to church in 30 years and I don't have to gather together with them, that's like never going to Thanksgiving for 30 straight years and saying, I'm really in good, in good relationship with my family. It would, you would be, you've almost, you've almost separated yourself from your family. Not gathering together with the saints of God is just like not gathering together for birthday parties. Because we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating his resurrection every Sunday morning. And it is a mark of a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ that they love the brethren. And the people you love, you get together with them. How do you know that you're part of the family? You love the family. And Jesus says, you will love Christian people if you are part of this family. You will love them. It is, it is, it is beyond question that that's established in Scripture. People that have no time for God's people aren't God's people at all. People who don't love God's people don't love God at all. For how can you love God in whom you have not seen but hate God's people in whom you have seen? It's inconsistent with Scripture. How do you know you know Him? You keep His commandments. And His commandments are that you love each other. And that's a commandment from the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you know that you're a part of His family? Whosoever does the will of God, they are my family. And Jesus says, I'm telling you, you love each other. And the marks of being a part of this family is that you love this family. I'm not going to your house on Christmas. I'm going to my family's house on Christmas. That's my people. And we gather together. Number two, this is going to be like a six-part number two. <laughs> what does Jesus' family look like? Their life's been changed. In Galatians chapter number five, here's what the family looks like. 
Let's do first number 19, Galatians 5, 19. This is what they used to look like. Now the works of the flesh, flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, anything that causes drunkenness, revelings and such like, of which I tell you before. So Paul says, I've told you this before, as I've also tell you in times past, that they which, you could circle the word do, they that live such a lifestyle, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They which do, stop making your own religion, believe the word of God. They which do those, those which live a lifestyle of fulfilling the lust of the flesh shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's possession, apostrophe S, those that belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. The people who belong to Jesus, all of those works of the flesh from verse 19 to 21 have been nailed to the cross of Christ. And they are dead. They died with Jesus. And they walk in the Spirit. And their life has been changed because they've been born into the family of God. Let's, let's look at our text again for this evening. For whosoever shall do the will of God the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus is saying this, this is the family resemblance. These are people who belong to me. They resemble the family. Let's, let's, look at, uh, let's look at Romans chapter 13. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11 where the Apostle Paul, he says, And such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been washed. And if you look at the last verse, last word of that verse is by the Spirit, that God's Spirit, He has washed you and cleaned you and changed you. And the in verse number 8 and 9, Paul says, hey, don't be deceived, don't be deceived that those which live a lifestyle contrary to the evidence of life in Jesus shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. So it's a bold thing what Jesus said that day in Mark chapter 3. He said, hey, my family will bear a resemblance and you can tell who they are is because they do the will of God. Not perfectly, of course, but they bear resemblance to the family. Do you see how important this is? In a world where we no longer understand, it seems, what Christianity is. If you ask anybody, what is a Christian? They'll say, somebody that goes to church. They'll say, it's somebody who prays. They'll say, it's somebody who does good to other people. That's what the world thinks a Christian is. A Christian is someone who's been born of above. It's somebody that's had faith in Christ, and Christ 
indwells them by His Spirit, and He changes them. That's what a Christian is. That's what the gospel does to believing sinners. And here's the good news tonight. If you have tried everything and you've tried to fix your life, repair what's been broken, you're frustrated, you're grieved, you're ashamed, you're condemned, you feel guilty, Jesus Christ can change you. Jesus can save you. Jesus can redeem you. He can do what you can never do. Christ can do it. Not you at all. But when you meet him, you'll bear a resemblance to the family. Amen? Romans chapter 13, verse 12 through 14. I cited it the other night, I believe, but it moved me. It intrigued me. Paul is encouraging Christians to live consistent in verse chapter 13 to the Christian life. And he says, the night is far spent because you're in the daytime. You've been saved. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, Paul says. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and in envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Paul is saying, listen, Christian, you have been, you've, you're in the light and walk in the light and put off the works of darkness. Cast off, he said, the works of darkness. We need to return back to an appreciation to the holiness of God in our Christian life. That we should be ye holy, because he is holy. A, a, a call to holiness, that's what Paul is doing. A, a pleading, listen, you know Jesus, stop acting like the devil. A call to holiness in our lives. It's so foreign in this modern times. Let's, let's do another one. Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter 4. What, is it, what does the family look like? They love each other. Their life's been changed. That's the section we're on now. Their life is being changed. They're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. They're now walking in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what happens when somebody gets saved. It starts coming out of them. It starts living out of them. It's, it's, a, it's a well of water springing out into everlasting life. Look at Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number twenty. Paul is dealing with people, Christians, or unconverted even, who have not learned Christ yet. What Jesus came to do. He says, but you have not so learned Christ, verse 20. Verse 21, he says, if so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. You see what he's saying? He's like... Don't you know what Jesus came to do for you? Have you not learned Christ? Haven't you heard verse 21? Has he not taught you in verse 21? The truth that is in Jesus, what is it? To put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, 
after which God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What do the people who are in the family of God, what's their family resemblance? They will start becoming God created in righteousness and true holiness that their life will be a holy life. A life that is changed and a life that is changing. I plead with you to see it. I beg you, Lord, that we might know this. That Jesus Christ came to give you a new life. A new life. A new creation. We might as well add chapter 5, verse 18, and be not drunk with wine. Or we could say, or weed, or anything that makes you drunk. You know what the problem with weed is? Can I stop for a moment? And there's a lot of Christian people who think, well, I can dabble in that. It's not a big deal. It's not said in the Bible. Don't be drunk, the Bible says. And the issue with that is, is that you can't smoke weed without being drunk. You can't do it. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And what does the family of God, who controls them, who leads them and guides them, what, who, who empowers them, not the former works of darkness, but they are filled with the Spirit. They're controlled by God the Holy Ghost. This is the marks of those who know God. This is the family resemblance. Amen? Christians do not live a habitual lifestyle of sin. They don't. You know one of the greatest evidences of the Spirit working in a believer Here's the greatest evidence of God's Spirit working in a believer. It is all out war against the lust of the flesh and the lust of the world. It is marked by warfare, a violent, eternal opposition to sin. And a, a person who knows Jesus will, will understands this. It is warfare. And sometimes it's marked by defeat. And sometimes it's marked by stumbling or making a mistake. But when that happens, they crawl back to Jesus wounded and they say, I'm ready to battle again. I'm ready for the next war. I'm ready to war against the works of darkness in my life. That's the Christian it's not somebody who never makes a mistake. It's when they do, they run back to Jesus and they war again over and over and over and over again. Because they are not of this world. They don't love the world, the things that are in the world, the things that control the world. They don't love it at all. And there is war going on in their heart. This, this, this evening, if you can say that you're a Christian and you don't war, and I don't know from experience, and I don't know from Scripture, how you can say that you are in the family of God. We bear His resemblance. 
Who is in my family, Jesus says, as we come. Here's who's in the family. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother, my sister, and my mother. That's what the family looks like. It's a life that is marked by obedience. A life that is marked by warfare. A life that is marked by walking in the light. Casting off the former works of darkness. Growing in the fruit of the Spirit. Loving God's people. Being led and controlled by the Spirit of God. Loving the Word of God. Living a life of direction, a direction of obedience to His will. A life that cannot affirm sin. A life that cannot rejoice in sin and play with sin. Christians mourn over sin. They don't play with their sin. They don't say, oh, that's no big deal at all. They don't do that. They can't do that. They won't do it if they know Him. They can't do it. Every sin is serious to them. It's a sin that nailed Jesus to the tree. It's their sin that murdered their Savior. Every sin to the Christian is a point of conflict and grief and sorrow. These are the people who know Him. These are the people who know what it's like to walk as a Christian in a world that hates Him. Oh, Christians, they bear resemblance to the one who gave birth to them. He is their Father. You ever heard the saying, like Father, like Son? Jesus said, I do all things that please my Father. Do you bear resemblance to the family? I know maybe you said, I'm, I, I, you might say, you might say, but James says it doesn't matter what you say. Works, for faith without works is dead. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as Savior? Let's stand to our feet tonight. Maybe there's a need. I want you to come. If I can help you, I'd love to pray with you. It's amazing how the Word of God confronts our lives. How Jesus says, this is what my family looks like. We probably probably never would have known what we was coming into tonight. Jesus' family is marked by obedience to His Father's will. Tonight, I want you to examine yourself. Think about your life. Think about your testimony. Think about, I know what you say, but does your life line up with the New Testament teachings on what Christianity looks like? Hey, we're going by this. We're going by the New Testament. We're going by the Old Testament. We're going by the Word of God. We cannot make up our own Christian life contrary to what God says that it looks like. This is the expert. This is the truth. It's not you. It doesn't, it's not, it's not, we don't bend this to suit what we want for our lives. We can't bend the gospel to fit our behavior and justify our lifestyle. No. Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. He was manifested to take away our sins. And if Christ is in you, then that will be manifested by him taking away your sins, your life will start bearing witness to the power of Christ which worketh mightily in you. This is what Jesus does. Let's sing together. If there's a need, you come.
Help us, Lord.